Alright. Is it glitching now? Uh, just a teeny tiny bit, but not nearly as bad as it was. Okay. Alright. What did you change? I just turned my webcam off. The, like, external webcam, like, bogs my computer down, I think. Hmm. I don't know why. No, it seems fine now. I'm not having any but... problems. Weird. I gotta... Alright, well, we should probably just jump into it so, uh, we can, if we hit glitches at an hour in, we'll, uh... Well, at least have an hour. Arrange, arrange for a different situation. Mm -hmm. So. Uh, okay, I guess I'll do a, uh, little intro and then we'll jump into it. Ready, set, go! What's up, everybody? Welcome into episode 8 of Bullshitters. We've got Dan, we've got myself. We're ready to bullshit a little bit. So, what say you, Dan? What say me? Um, you know, I, I guess we'll just we'll just jump into it here. Let's start out with our, our pleasantries. Our inter well, do you want to get the business out of the way first? Do you want to? Uh, the, the business, like, uh, swinging on over to drift.co for your uh, smell good essentials. That's it. Uh, uh, they just dropped the scent of the month, actually, for June. Oh. Cabana. Cabana. Uh, All right. Yeah, Cabana is the scent for June. So uh, when you swing over to drift.co, you can use our code, BST15, at checkout to save yourself. Maybe you're joining the scent of the month club, which I'm a member of. Or maybe you're just picking up something nice for your dad, maybe? Who knows? Father's Who knows? Either way, it is coming up. Either way, you can use our code BST15 at checkout to save yourself some cheddar. Uh, what else? I what actually, else is... I actually uh, on, along the lines of business, had a uh, friend who purchased the scent of the month uh, last okay. month. Which, oh, no, it wasn't the scent of the month because that was like the cereal one. No, this one yeah, was Saturday. Yeah, Saturday. This one was just a citrus flavor. I guess it's one of their normal flavors. Oh, okay. Or, or a I think they they rotate through them, obviously, for the scent of the month. But yeah. citrus is, I think, a top seller. So. But uh, and she said she said I could quote her, uh, and that it was uh, and this is a direct quote. It smelled as if she was being uh, drowned by. Uh, sugar-free or, or zero-calorie orange juice in a good way. Like, her car just smelled delicious, like fresh oranges every time she got it. And she hadn't <laughs> even taken it out of the package yet. She was keeping it right. in the package, so it didn't release all of its scent at once. So so she didn't, you know, she'd have it for longer because she liked the scent. Right. So uh, that's a testimonial. I don't, it, it, her, her phrasing wasn't the best on her testimonial, but... Uh, she was a fan, and she will be ordering more. So there you go. Don't take it from us, folks. Take it from Miss Anonymous Coworker, uh, customer zero uh, zero seven six, and uh, yeah, use our code at checkout. Code. So. Anyway, that's uh, now that the business is taken care of. Uh, well, yeah. yeah, you know, let's just let's just jump into it. There was an announcement made on your uh, on your other podcast. What's uh, what's going on? What, yeah. Why don't we tell the listeners in case they aren't uh, listening to your your other podcast? Yeah, well, uh, it's on the same network. Sure. Uh, so if they're subscribed to our network, they'll get notifications of both. But I'm disappointed if they don't listen to one. 
while also listening to the other. But either way, two different demographics. So, yeah, jumping into the news. The news uh, made the tough decision to discontinue the fitness game, if you will. Uh, BST Fitness will be no longer uh, come the end of June. Looking so, to uh, explore some new opportunities then, are we? Ex- exploring some new opportunities. Uh, I basically, long story short, uh, basically known and done something in like the sports or fitness world pretty much any time since I've been out of college. Uh, even when I worked another job prior to training, I, uh, was studying to become a personal trainer while working at the other job. So, uh, it's, yeah, it's, it's taken up a good chunk of my life, but I think it's finally time to, I guess, move on that, that ship is about to sail. It's, it's in port right now, uh, but it's. It's about to hit the open waters. Yeah. So, well, I think I think it's exciting that you'll uh, you'll finally be able to have fitness be you know a passion and a hobby again, rather than a full time gig. Yeah, because yeah, and that's and that's what it was. It boiled down. I mean, that played a factor. It didn't boil down to that. It, it played a factor for sure. Um, just it's it's my hobby. It's my job. It's my thing I do when I have free time at all, and it's like. Something like that, it's, it just consumes so much of my life that I'm like, man, I, literally, I, like, the wife and I were talking a couple days ago, and I don't even know what my hobbies are outside of that. Like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what I like. So it's a good opportunity. I'm still young enough to switch paths, jump on a new set of tracks, if you will, and cement something down for the long term. More, more um, consistent, I'll say. More... What's the word I kept using the other day? More uh, worthy, I guess. It makes me feel a little bit better knowing that there's something else I could do. So well, it's kind of tough because some some of the people I've worked with, I've worked with for like three years. So it's like not only are they clients, but they've turned into friendships and, and so on and so forth. And it's tough to tell people uh, something's coming to an end. But I think the timing's right. Uh, generally in the summertime too, a lot of people pause their training, uh, just because of the area we live in and stuff. There's a lot of outdoor stuff to do. So they feel that the value of training is not there in the nice months. So I, I, I kind of felt it was a good opportunity. I mean, the timing's never going to be perfect, but it was right at the end of the day. So well, I'm excited. Yeah. To, excited to see what comes next here for you. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, I have some various connections uh that i've talked to just briefly i mean this has only been two days so i don't have anything ironed in right now lined up but i still like doing the podcast thing so we'll be doing this regularly still um but yeah i don't i don't really know what what the future holds at this point talk to a few people about different opportunities but i don't know I don't know what's next, so but, it's kind of nerve-wracking, but kind of like exciting at the same time. And yeah, yeah. So well, hopefully, before you get uh, too involved in anything else, maybe uh, you and the wife will swing down Boise direction, and and uh, we'll we'll hopefully see you down here at some point. I'd like to yeah. get to get up there in the summer too. I uh, get out on the <laughs> lake. 
That'd be nice. Yeah, definitely. I actually, uh, I saw that the Boise Hawks were hiring for, I don't know, VP of sales or something. And I was like, well, I'm definitely not qualified for that. <laughs> you never know what but, you're qualified for. Just apply and see what happens. That's what I've been doing the last two days. I've literally just been sending. I was like, oh, that sounds interesting. Yeah, I'll send an application in. Oh, VP of Tesla? Yeah, go. I'll go ahead and send sure. an application in, whatever. Why not? Yeah, like right-hand man to Elon Musk. Uh, I'll be like, excuse me, sir, we share a birthday, so that's got to at least move me up the, uh, something. the priority list of scheduling interviews. Absolutely. Uh, speaking of scheduling interviews, I've actually been doing yeah. somewhat the same. I've been uh, applying quite a bit. Uh, I've been at my current job for almost five years now, looking for a little bit of a change as well. Uh, so yeah. Similar, similar boat. And uh, I have a final interview coming up this okay. next week for a new position that I'm really excited about. So I'll, I'll just kind of leave it at that for now. I don't want to jinx myself. but I've got. I sent you one the other day, and it was kind of ironic because it was like a mix of the two fields we're in. But yeah. uh, I yeah. thought it'd be cool. That, uh, yeah. So I'm very open to pretty much any opportunity that comes my way. I uh, I felt maybe you were overqualified for it, but I didn't really read the the specifics. But I was like, oh man, this is pretty cool because I just was happening onto their website uh, by random chance, and I was like, oh maybe there's something down there for me. And I was like, maybe there's actually something for Dan. <laughs> maybe. So no, we'll see. Uh, you know, I've got I've got that in the back pocket just in case something doesn't work out. But I'm hopeful with my uh, final interview coming up here, and uh, I still nice. I still am at my current company. No uh, no end in sight there anytime soon. Yeah. Uh, other than myself, you know, finding another opportunity. So you know, mm-hmm. luckily there's no no urgent needs. But uh, right, I'm excited excited right. to see what comes my way. Yeah, that's cool. That's you cool. Go. You're uh, you're far more qualified in the business world than I am. I haven't done. I mean, I've done business stuff for myself, like marketing, advertising, things like that. But I'm like, man, I'm gonna have to start from the ground, ground level, and work my way up. So, you know, if that's what I want to get into, I don't know. Yeah, absolutely. You know, honestly, I've so, been working now as a. I just call myself a corporate accountant for ease yeah. of explanation. But uh, I've been yeah. working that for, like I said, close to five years, and uh, I still found myself applying for entry-level positions. So even though... Well, some of these entry-level positions require like five years of experience. Yeah, five years prior experience, and I'm like, what? That's it's no longer entry-level. Entry level at that point. <laughs> so yeah, no, yeah. that's I'm 100% with you. I'm, I'm there. Hey, I'm like, uh, for a hiring agent to sit down, write out the job description, and then put an entry-level prior experience must be minimum five years. I'm like, uh, dude, who are, you, who are you looking to hire at an entry-level salary yeah. for five years experience? Mm-hmm. Most people making that transition are looking for either a bump in pay or a better work environment or something like that. So I'm like, that's going to be tough to fill some of those positions. But what do I know? I've been doing the same thing for like six years. So Uh, I tell you what, there are a lot of open jobs right now, not necessarily in like the finance market down here, but Mm -hmm. fast food or customer service, food service, especially Uh, right now. 
I mean, Panda Express, I see their sign every every time I drive by there. It's starting mm-hmm. salary, $13 an hour for service line, $14 an hour for cooks. I see, Dang. you know, like McDonald's is like 14 bucks an hour starting. I see there's there's so many of these companies. And I'm like, 14 an hour? Like, they haven't even... The, the minimum wage in Idaho is still seven and a quarter for, yeah. you know, federal regular, yeah. regular employees. And then it's like three and a quarter for, you know, like servers or something like that. Yeah. For actual food service. Yeah. Like, and these guys are offering 14 bucks an hour. Like, how are these positions still open? Uh, True. And, and I suspect it has something to do with, you know, the state of the current economy and, and uh, COVID benefits for unemployment and things like that. So yeah. who knows? I, I suspect that's all going to come to an end relatively quickly. I think uh, I think COVID unemployment benefits run out in the next month or so, and I don't. Ooh, okay. Them, I don't see them extending that just simply because yeah. we're we're at the point where I know up in Coeur d'Alene as well as here in Boise. We're pretty much mm-hmm. opening back up to full capacity, like we were discussing the other day. You were just down in Vegas, and as of yeah. yesterday, they uh, opened back up to a hundred percent. Hundred percent shows. I mean, casino floor, everything is just back open. So, uh, yeah, I think I think the world is starting to turn back on, which is uh, it's an exciting. Uh, uh, good way to put it. And, uh, I'm excited to actually get back out there, and it couldn't be better timing because I don't know about you, but it we have a heat wave down here in Boise right now, and I am looking to be outside. Well, I'm looking to be inside tomorrow. It's supposed to be 101 tomorrow. Oof. Yeah, we broke the 90-degree threshold today. I think it was like 93 today, so I was like, whoa. It was 97 here today. With Dang. it's currently still 88 out. The low tonight is only supposed to be like 66, and then like I said, wow. it's supposed to be 100 tomorrow, 93 the next day, 84, and then 80, pretty much 80s for the rest of ever until we get back up in the 90s and 100s again this summer. But we yeah, are, so we go like 90s for this week, and then like high 60s next week. Oh no, kidding! Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like one week of beautiful weather and then one week back to crappy weather i tell so. you what come on down here we're gonna be 82 degrees and sunny for the next i don't know i'd say probably yeah three months except for it's gonna be a lot hotter than 82 in three months but let me ask you this far-fetched far-fetched idea here what if let's just say there was an opportunity in boise for myself would it be uh crazy to think that i could like fly back on the weekends uh that would be that would be tough uh not that would impossible. be tough not impossible certainly it depends kind of what the opportunity looks like yeah um, but no absolutely not not crazy um they got flights coming out of boise coming up here like every couple hours oh, right yeah. boise to spokane yeah is a very very common flight um yeah I, I think uh, maybe you and the wife should uh, take advantage of the hot real estate market up there, sell the house, and just move on down. You know, why not? She, yeah. she can definitely find a job down here, but maybe even at better pay than up there. I don't know. As we've discussed, we got a lot of restaurants down here. You know, maybe <laughs> maybe uh, 
personal trainer or former personal trainer Jake is former. Uh, looking to make a move, you know? Yeah. Maybe you'll be. Well, uh, she's currently in the other room watching the. I don't know if you noticed my shirt. The Golden Knights hockey, the Vegas hockey team's in the uh, playoffs right now, and she's in the other room watching that. So don't mind uh, the noise in the background if you hear swear words, uh, glasses breaking, uh, you know, pounding on the bar top, whatever it is. It's definitely her root for the, or, you know, cheering on the hockey team. They're in the first period uh, playing the Colorado Avalanche, and it looks like it's tied up right now 1 1. Uh, and it looks yeah. like the Avalanche leads the series one nothing. Uh, what is it? Seven, they won seven games, seven to one Yikes. in game one. That's tough. Yeah, it was rough. It was rough. So is it? I uh, but this is this is the two best teams in the NHL all season long playing each other. Too bad they're in the same conference because it's not for the Stanley Cup. So the two best teams in the uh, conference though. So Kendall's uh, pretty into it. I would be normally watching the game, but. I prioritized this, you know? I appreciate it. I have some responsibilities, damn it. Absolutely, you have responsibilities. Just because I'm a free agent doesn't mean I can just give everything up. Hmm. No, sir. You know? No, sir. You know? Yeah, yeah. I would I would um, love to maybe fly down to Vegas for a weekend and see a hockey game or something. I guess, so, they're, they're in the playoffs right now, and then we've got the Stanley yeah. Cup. When does hockey season start back up? I think they're aiming for early November. They normally start right around Halloween. Okay. But with COVID and everything, it pushed it back till like, I think Christmas this year is when they started. And then they're going to take a little bit of an extended delay after the Stanley Cup and stuff since it's all pushed back a little bit. So I think they're starting like the first week of November, maybe second week of November. Yeah. Closer to Thanksgiving. So, so, so you're my sports guy. Are sports yeah. back to 100% now? Ba- most baseball stadiums are. I think uh, 75% at least of the baseball stadiums across the country are now 100%. From what I understand is there's a, uh, what is it, a vaccinated section and a non-vaccinated section of the stadium. So hmm. not sure how they're going to enforce uh, either circumstance, but yeah, I don't know. at least it's full capacity, I guess, in the stadium. Yeah, I suppose. Now, uh, it's kind of interesting, the whole vaccine debate that's, you know, it's been raging now for for however long. Yeah. Especially with this new, you know, COVID vaccine. Uh, I, I'm guessing that in the future, it's probably going to be required to travel uh, on, you know, most major airlines is... Uh, I don't know a COVID vaccine, but I'll be curious to see how they uh, how they treat that. I'll be honest, I flew a fair amount during COVID, and mm-hmm. I loved it. It was great because, <laughs> as a larger guy, uh, six foot five, I appreciate some extra legroom, and having sure. social distancing on the plane always meant. A seat in between myself and my lovely lady and so yep. i was able to almost always have a full armrest a little bit of leg room because i always got the aisle because she likes the window a little leg room <laughs> you know and occasionally occasionally yeah. i was even lucky enough to get an emergency exit row which was phenomenal i had the best you can actually life stretch out life because i and, and i was stupid even 
I was looking and there was a seat open in an emergency exit row. And I was like, oh, I'm going to be over there. And the flight attendant was like, uh-uh, you want this one. And she pointed. And there was the emergency exit row where there was three seats. And then the aisle in front only had two seats. So there was no seat in front of me over by the window. So I had all the room in the world. Greatest flight ever. It was amazing. Damn. That's like flying first class but paying coach yeah, prices. I wish I could have lived on that plane. It was the best. Wow. That's that's luxury living, I would say. Seriously. Uh, you know what you need yeah. to investigate? You need to uh, see if there are any flight attendant jobs available up there because while the work may not be, like, the most luxurious, there's a lot of perks to working for an airline. True. So, I mean. That's true. Free flights. Uh, you can come down here anytime. I don't know. Just a thought. Uh, yeah. then, then you could actually fly home every weekend uh, whenever you want it. True. And I think if you work like 20 plus years for an airline, you get free flights for like the rest of your life on that airline or something. And if you work like 30 years, you get free flights on any airline for like the rest of your life for you and a huh. guest or something. I don't know. It's crazy. But I do have a contract Damn. that works at Horizon Alaska as a flight attendant. If you want me to, okay, to, to throw your name in the ring there, you know, just like, rub elbows a little bit. Hot. Okay, yeah, rub rub elbows right. a little bit. Uh, maybe see what uh, see what potential benefits there are. Who knows? Maybe they actually pay well and uh, and it's an enjoyable experience. I don't know. I don't know yeah. how you feel. The about perks are the perks are always good. I like perks. Yeah, big fan of perks. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't even know. I don't even know what what I would like. It's it's know. weird. It's a weird position to be in. So, I guess it's cool. Uh, I don't know. I'm I I feel at ease with the decision I've made. So, it takes a little stress off of it. Yeah. Ultimately, uh, you know, the podcasts are for fun. I like to try my hand at, at marketing these, you know, certain specific ways, but. Well, we're at the end of the day, people are going to either listen or they're not going to listen. So we're like a month, maybe a month and a half from blowing up and making it big. Like we'll basically be the next Joe Rogan podcast. Yeah, Spotify is going to be salivating at the opportunity oh. to pay us a hundred million dollars, aren't they? Hell yeah, they'll be like hundred mil for these guys. That's cheap. We could have got them way back when for like right now a case of white claws. I mean, okay. I shouldn't even say this on a uh, episode, but there may have been a, I'll say a point of contact with a podcast network. Ooh. Uh, I won't, I won't go any further in that, but we'll, yeah. So, um, we'll see. I mean, it's, it is what it is. You know, I'm not excited about anything before it actually happens but i guess i'm excited for the opportunity to do something new but other than that i'm not usually excited until the stuff actually happens so sure sure um yeah uh, that's cool hey are there any uh races coming up i want to do another rugged maniac now that i don't weigh you know almost oh i thought you were going to ask about like nascar races i was like i'll go to a nascar race with you yeah i'd go to a nascar race any day that shit is Dude, we drove by the we drove by the Vegas racetrack. They're like what? it's a freaking complex oh, out yeah. in the desert. They, they got like dirt tracks, yeah. they got the circle track, they've got like a road course racing thing. They've got they've got a, a like a driving school there that you can drive Lamborghinis and shit. 
I'm like, what? <laughs> I mean, if you think and it's about just it. all these tracks out in the middle of the desert. I'm like, you just come up on them out of nowhere. NASCAR stadiums are the biggest stadiums in the freaking country, right? Like, yeah. Well, more. okay. So the Indy 500. I don't know if you know what IndyCar racing is. Yeah. It's like familiar. basically souped up go karts. Sure. Uh, but the Indy 500 was this last weekend, Indianapolis Motor Speedway. There was a hundred and five thousand people at that race. That's a lot of people. That's a lot of people. That's more than the hockey game or most football games or baseball games. Or, you know, one hundred five thousand people is unreal. Yeah, but you know what the largest high school football stadium in the United States is? High school football? I got to imagine it's in Texas. It is. Yeah, it's got to be probably 60,000 people. Oh, no. it's uh, I'm pretty sure it's bigger than that. Uh, So it's Eagle Stadium in uh, Allen, Texas. Allen, Texas, okay. Oh, no, that can't be right. It says capacity is only 18,000. I know for a fact that's wrong. Uh, I don't know. I bet you'd be surprised. Yeah, capacity is 18,000, but that doesn't mean there's not... Thirty-five or 40,000 people in there standing elbow to elbow. Yeah, that's probably true. No, It's definitely on. not well, fire code, you know? <laughs> I know. Like, that, if there was a fire in the press box, everyone's dying. I know there's a bigger... Huh. I, I was pretty sure there was... Yeah, it says it says there's only, like, uh, like 20,000 is the biggest capacity, but I thought for sure... That's unreal for a high school. Oh yeah, 20, if you think about it, twenty thousand—that's nuts. Like, our our there stadium, wasn't even twenty thousand people in the whole city I went to high school in. Yeah, our our There's stadium a town. at Boise State, Albertson Stadium, is—I mean, I think like forty some. Uh, yeah, yeah. 30, 36, 36, 000 is the capacity. Okay, I mean that's. That's a pretty good sized stadium. I swore I'm gonna have to. The pass. largest college football stadium, I believe, is the University of Michigan, and I think full capacity is like 120,000 people. Oh, maybe that's when, what I'm thinking of. Not high school. I'm thinking of college. University of Michigan. Look up the Big House. It literally holds that's, like 120,000 people. That's what I was thinking. It is Michigan, uh, and it is. Let's see. Of course, I have to scroll for some reason. I mean, there's been big bands, big bands and shit from across the country that host concerts there because they can jam people into that stadium. Oh, yeah. 107,000 is capacity. So that means overall you could probably fit 120, 130. Yeah, I mean, think of think of like floor seats at a concert and stuff like that. I mean, shit, Texas A&M is 102. Damn. Can you can you guess here? I'm gonna give you I'm gonna give you. Uh, I cannot imagine being in the same facility as 102,000 other people. Yeah, no kidding. All, All right, at I'm the gonna, same I'm time. I'm gonna give you five guesses. Okay. To get, to get two additional stadiums in the top ten largest college football stadiums, because you already know Michigan, and you Michigan's already know one. Texas A&M. I already told you that. But I want two more, yeah. so you're gonna get a total of four of the top ten. What, okay, what I'll give you, uh, I'm going to say Beaver Stadium, Penn State. That is what place? Come on, take a guess. Uh, probably probably third or fourth. Number two. They are number two. Oh, okay. Okay, Beaver Stadium, Penn State. So you have number one, number two, and number four. Can you get number so three? No. 
Oh, I want to say this isn't right. This can't be right, but I'm going to say Ohio State. That that is 100% correct. Oh, Ohio okay. State, 102,780. All right. Okay, so can Michigan, Penn State, Ohio with, State. Yeah, and then Texas A&M. Four, what was four, Texas A&M? Can you just get uh, five to round it out? Actually, I know you- I'm gonna try for I'm gonna try for number five here. Okay. I I literally have no phone or anything in front of me, so oh, I it's gotta be it's gotta be LSU, Baton Rouge, Louisiana. No, it is not. Damn, Tennessee. No, Tennessee. I hate the Volunteers. It's oh, look Tennessee. at this. So look at this, Florida. I yeah. hate the Volunteers. So Tennessee. Holds 102,455. They're number five. LSU, Tiger Stadium, the one you just mentioned, is number six. Yeah. They hold 102,321. So there is a capacity (laughs) difference of 134 people. So I was close. You were I was very, freaking close. Very close. You got, Damn it. You got overall five out of the top six. And you, you, you were. I'm gonna give you top five, just because I'm. <laughs> oh shit! Uh, round, you want me to round out the top ten just I mean, for shits and giggles? Go here? for it. If you can. okay, I'm on a roll. I'm on a roll. So it's got to be University of Texas, uh, Austin, Texas. Yeah. Uh, so Texas is Daryl K. Royal Texas Memorial Stadium. Uh, way they, too long a name. I'm gonna call it Texas Stadium. Yeah, that's that's way too long. But they are in fact. Uh, number eight. So you got you got LSU with six. You got Texas is number eight. So I've gotten seven of eight so yeah, far. You've got seven of eight. Okay, I'm gonna go with uh, I'm gonna go with a West Coast team here. It's got to be the LA Coliseum, USC. Uh, you know what? I don't even see. So I see. Uh, hang on. It's not USC. If it's not no. USC, it's UCLA at uh, the Rose Bowl. The Rose Bowl, yeah. UCLA is number 10 in Pasadena. Okay. And they have a 91,000 I don't think so technically, I don't think the Rose Bowl is their home stadium. I think it's just That's in the it. same town as UCLA. I don't, I don't know. know. Maybe I could be wrong. I could be wrong. So, so the LA like, Coliseum's right. not on there, huh? It, it doesn't even show it in the top 25. Hang on. Uh, it freaking hosted an Olympics, man. How can it not be? Uh, hmm. Let's see. The LA Coliseum. Okay. Nope, they're not. The 78,467 capacity. Uh, What'd you say the Rose Bowl was? 90 something? Oh, well, it, it, yeah, the Rose Bowl is 90. Uh, it sh- wow. It should be in here if this list was updated. Uh, it would be around number 20, the LA Coliseum. Okay, so I've now uh, I still have two more to get in the top well, ten, right? Or one more, more to get? No, you have two more. You have number two seven more. and number nine. I mean, number seven is. The, uh, I'll give you a hint, and it's way too good of a hint, but I'm going to give it to you anyway. It's the biggest football. It's program. Oklahoma. Nope. The biggest football. Oh, it's Alabama. Yes. Really? Bryant Denny Stadium, uh, over a hundred. Okay. Hundred and one. And then, I did not know they had a hundred thousand there. Okay. Yeah, and then the next one, uh, they're famous. You say number nine? Number nine. They're uh, famous for peaches. Really, Georgia? Yeah, Georgia. Sanford. All the schools in the south, man. Sanford. It's all the schools in the south. Yeah, the 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 first school, uh, 
I would say, well, I guess I guess Michigan and A and M are west of the Mississippi. Yeah. Uh, other than that, like UCLA is the first West Coast. Then uh, you've got Florida, Auburn. Where? Oh, Alabama. Auburn's in Alabama. Yeah. Uh, Oklahoma is number thirteen, which Oklahoma has the best stadium name ever. It's the Gaylord Family Oklahoma Memorial Stadium. Not, no one says the actual stadium names. Yeah, well, I don't care. I'm calling it the Gaylord <laughs> Family Oklahoma Memorial Stadium in Norman, Oklahoma. A bunch of Gaylord. Oh my Oklahoma. God! This should be this should be my job actually. You should. Uh, this should be my new career. Just guessing. Just just stump the Shaw. It's not stump, stump the Schwab. Stump the Shaw on. Uh, stump the Shaw on ESPN on or ESPN. Fox Sports. Whoever wants to pick it up. No, I could. I could. Yeah, give me some random sports trivia, and I'll uh, blow your mind for half an hour. You could be a, a statistician, as they say. Is that a, is that what it's called? Uh, I I wasn't sure how to pronounce that, so I didn't even apply for that position. <laughs> I would like to be a statistician, please. I would like to I mean, apply for the statistical, statistical doctor analysis. position. Yeah, a doctor of statistics. I'm Dr. <laughs> a self-proclaimed doctor of statistics. Oh, maybe that's what I could go by here on our podcast. You're Aloha Dan. I could go by Dr. Jake. No, like Dr. Drew. You have to be Dr. Shaw. That sounds, that sounds Middle Eastern, man. I mean, no disrespect, no. but people are going to be a little bit disappointed when they turn on the uh, YouTube and they're like, okay, he is white. He is not He's, a shot. He is not of Middle Eastern descent. <laughs> That's wow. Right. You can be Dr. Jake. I think you should just be Dr. Laura the second. You know? <laughs> oh, my God. Just confuse the hell out of everyone. You ever listen to Dr. Laura? I tell you what. I bet people are rightfully confused about uh, you being Aloha Dan. They're expecting some rock-looking dude yeah, coming up on, on screen. Dude and, uh, they just They're get, looking for a Polynesian dude. They just get a scrawny six-foot-five white dude. Yeah, but he's, he's you kind of – they'll figure it out quickly because you wear the, uh, you know, the Aloha print shirts each I episode. Do. So. Every, every episode. That's my theme. My I not – and I have to say – it's not just for the podcast. The Aloha Dan is a lifestyle. It's a lifestyle, yeah. It, just, you have to be adopted into said lifestyle. You do. Uh, Macklin, get out of the way. You're, you're in the way of the new fridge with the white claws. And Dan's yelling at his dog. <laughs> he was in the way. Come on, you can't blame me. I mean, there's not many people out there that love their white claws enough to get a yeti brand white clock <laughs> you know koozie to keep them cold and then it's a can koozie beyond that the last time i was in vegas i picked up this bad boy which perfectly fits around the outside las vegas <laughs> one and i've got a drunk number two around here somewhere for you the next you lost it though huh no it's it's sitting out on the kitchen table i think i i just don't want to stand okay. up and go get it Okay. I don't want Fair to enough. distract from the podcast. Our listeners, you know, I, I would say pay good money to hear this, but they don't pay us anything. We do this purely for their enjoyment. Not yet. They, they can they can support the podcast though. There's a link going to be in our bio. So I'm just saying, if they, they're feeling generous, it's tis the season of giving uh, in six months. So why not just give now? They have the option <laughs> to donate. They do. Hey, give yeah, it the back to donate. 
getting back yeah. to the original question, is there, because we talked about races coming up, and then that got us on a whole tangent. But is there... I don't know why I went off, well, because, off tangent you know, there, but... I, I asked about races, and then you got into NASCAR, and then we got into big stick. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. College football, yada, yada, yada. So, mm-hmm. I can see the medal hanging behind you for the Rugged Maniac, which I successfully completed. No, it's the, the one that says Rugged on it. You didn't touch it yet. No, no. These are rugged. Oh, are they? Oh, you really yeah, are. rugged. I was thinking, so how many rugged. rugged maniacs have you done? I think one of them is Kendall's. Oh, that makes sense. Well, because you... Well, I, oddly, and, oddly enough, they all say 2017 finisher, so maybe it's maybe one of them's yours. <laughs> you know, it might actually be, because I don't know where my medal is. I have three of them, and they all say 2017, so... <laughs> Well, there we go. I, I picked that one. My middle win. This is a Spartan race. Yeah, that's part, part of a, a trifecta. trifecta. Right? That was. That this was... is a Spartan race, part of a trifecta. So, so you... I need to get out and do another one for sure. Have you done the beast or the bear or what have you done? The the poop? No, I've just done. I've just done the sprints. The sprints. Okay. I would like to do one of the uh, middle ones. I don't even know what they're called. There's a sprint. Uh, Omega? Is it Omega and then a beast? A sprint Omega and then I a think, beast? I, I think don't know. that sounds right. There's the sprint, which is around three miles of obstacles. Or three the one in Boise was four and a half. There's the it was a super, four and a half mile sprint. There's the super. beast and then there's the ultra. Uh, I talked with a girl and her husband on the po- the other podcast and they're, uh, they've done ultras like with the world championship level competitors wow. they qualified for like the top whatever it is top 250 or whatever in the world and they got to race the ultra beast or whatever it is. it's it's a full marathon with obstacles oh no 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 it's more than a full marathon they're 30 plus miles are they really yeah i had a buddy Damn. just ran uh it wasn't uh, an ultra uh spartan but it was an ultra, just marathon, and him yeah. and four, I think three buddies. So there was four of them total. Ran over a hundred and thirty miles in twenty four hours. Jeez. Uh, and well, beyond that, so he lives here in Boise, and we're at about twenty two hundred feet of elevation, something like that. The ultra mm-hmm. was down in Utah, like way down south near Vegas. Yeah. And he, it was at, it started at, I believe, 6,000 feet of elevation, and it went up to, I think, 8,500 at the highest. Holy and, crap. Are you nuts? Like, you're trying, to, you're trying to run 30 plus miles at an elevation three times higher with 2,500 feet of elevation gain, a half mile of elevation gain. Across the entire thing. Like, you are batshit crazy. You would have to train quite rigorously for that. You can't just show up to something like that. I I will be 100% honest with you. He did not train nearly as hard as I expected he would need to, and he was still very successful. He was running about between three and five miles a day. Uh, He would sometimes on the weekends do like six, seven, eight milers. But for the most part, he was running pretty 
I mean, comparatively short distances. Overall, I couldn't. No way in hell I could run right. six miles right now. But he was doing uh, around eight-minute miles normally. So he'd run, you know, four miles during lunch and a half hour. Yeah. Holy crap. And yeah, very very impressive. He uh, he ran a hell of a lot and he completed it. Uh, his goal is to do like a bunch more marathons and a bunch more ultras and supers and whatever. He, very, very impressive. Very, very impressive. Um, and he's kind of, uh, and he's to be honest, kind of, he's not the biggest, biggest guy in the world. Yeah. You know? I mean, you'd expect that from yeah. a marathon runner. He's kind of, he's kind of scrawny, but he's, he's got a fair amount of upper body muscle too, but his legs are just, you know, they are cut. Dang. But good for him. That's crazy. I, yeah, I it is, uh, my goal is that's hardcore run another rugged maniac uh that was fun. yeah we'll have to find one we'll have to find one because uh, last year i know they all those races went on hiatus so i'd be okay doing um, that in canada again that was fun as hell and this time we're not going to ikea and we're stopping at that damn uh luge whatever it is yeah well i don't think americans can go to canada canadians can come down here now but i don't think we can go up there right well, now i'm i'm vaccinated i'll just call up justin i'll be like Yo. Trudeau? Yeah, Trudeau. I'll be like... Yo, Trudeau. I'll be like, Big J. Hey, this is your man. Holla at your boy. Aloha, Dan. I, uh, I got three friends. We're all coming up. We're doing a race. I don't expect any problems at the border. Can you make it happen? I'm coming up through Idaho. So we got a lot of guns yeah. coming here. So just, just so they know. True. True. This may be a matter of national security now. Uh, you just mentioned coming through the border with guns. No, 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 no. So that's good. What I'm saying is we there are a lot of guns, so I don't... But but we're not bringing any. Why would we bring any guns up there to Canada? That's we, true. And we're not bringing Canada. any fruit. Tell them we're going to leave our fruit yeah. here in Idaho as well. well. Well, the only fruit we're bringing is you, so... Oh. Ah. But I'm... <laughs> I'm, uh... Well, I'm stale. Yeah, I'm stale. I'm probably going to bring apple maggots. <laughs> I couldn't even tell you the last time I showered, so it's been. I feel like, uh, uh, is it Steve Carell? What movie am I thinking of when he doesn't like? Sh Maybe it's uh, no, no, no. It's Jason Segel in uh, Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Yeah, yeah. Where he doesn't Mark shower for like a week. Yeah, he does, and it was bad. That's a funny movie. That is a good movie. <laughs> it is oh, funny. Lauren showed me that movie. No, that's phenomenal. What, do you, what is your take on Russell Brand? You know, he's not my favorite. He is a very niche comedian. Yeah. Um, he's honestly not a bad singer. You know, he's not he's not like great. He couldn't be a rock yeah. star, I don't think. But he's yeah. not a bad singer. And uh, he's just... He's not my flavor of comedy. He really isn't. Yeah. Um, I would agree. He's now on social media diving into a lot of the COVID stuff. Uh, like I don't, exploratory I don't, research and stuff like that. And I'm like, that's not really... If, if I, I mean, good on you for doing it, but... If I'm a patron, which I am, to, to many things, and that's all you yeah. are on social media, is you're a patron yeah. that goes and follows somebody because you like their content... And then, you know, they, they promote it through advertising and whatnot, and that's how they make their money. So you are truly right. a consumer good at this point if you patron, yeah. you know, social media. And I, 
if I am his patron, if I'm his customer, if I follow him, I don't do it because I want updates from him on, you know, exploratory COVID research. I do it right. because I think his movies are funny. I think his stand-up is funny. I think he's funny. And I want to hear the funny shit he has to say on Twitter or Facebook yeah. or Instagram or yeah. whatever. I don't think there's much funny coming from him these days, uh, unfortunately. I don't know. I don't know. I've, I've never been a huge fan. I like a number of his movies that he's in, but not because he's in them. Correct. Yeah, it's not specifically him. He he, he neither adds nor detracts from the movie, in my opinion. Right. He's, uh, he's, he's just kind of a character. He's there. He can be yeah. funny. He's had some very funny scenes, uh, you know, but just over like the scene with him and uh, Jonah Hill and get him to the Greek when yes. they're feeling that yes. wall, when they're both oh, yeah. on the furry wall, when they're both on acid. <laughs> that is hilarious. That is a very, very funny scene. Uh, yes. I don't know who wrote that. But that is a very, very funny scene. But overall, in general, I would say he is not, like, in my, you know, he's probably not even in my top 50 of comedians. Yeah, I would I would agree with that statement, yes. Uh, speaking of very funny, I don't know how you feel about a lot of the uh, Netflix movies that they make. Like, the Netflix studios. No, no, no. Often very good, very underrated films. I watched this movie coming back on the plane from Vegas. Uh, it's a David Spade movie, which I don't know how you feel about David Spade. I think I saw Wrong it's Missy. Wrong Missy. Yeah, it's freaking hilarious. It is a very funny movie, and it's I great. on a plane like at night. It was like eleven o'clock at night. I was laughing out loud. I on a plane. I had a similar experience with. Uh, there was a Melissa McCarthy movie. Um, was it the superhero one? No, no. That one was... I would not recommend it. I love Melissa McCarthy. I think she is very funny. I love her husband as well. Um, gosh, what is his name? Uh, I want to say it's like Ben Falcone or something. Uh, I didn't even know she was married. Well, yeah. he Yeah, Ben Falcone is his name. They've been married since 2005. And he directs a lot of her movies, and then he's also in them with her okay. a lot of the time. But let me see. This movie was Melissa McCarthy, and it was about her going back to college with her daughter. Like, her husband, you know, her daughter goes off to college, and she yeah. finds out her husband's, like, cheating on her or something. I can't remember. And they end up sure. getting a divorce. And so, you know, she doesn't have her degree. She was uh, a full-time stay-at-home uh. mom. And so she decided, What is that movie called? Uh, I'm looking it up right now. It is... Danny the Intern took the week off, huh? Danny the Intern did take the week off. We have to give him uh, a little... I think it's Life of the Party. Yeah. Life of the oh, Party. Okay. It okay. Out, I've it, seen that one, actually. It came I, out, I believe I've seen that one. Yeah. 2018. I was... So, uh, a little bit of a story here. We were on a, a business trip to Chicago... Uh, it was myself, my buddy that I Ashton that I just mentioned. He runs the marathons, and then our boss. Yeah. And we're good friends with our boss at the time. I've since changed bosses, but still good friends. And uh, yeah, we we got held over. We flew from Boise to Seattle, and then Seattle to Chicago. And we got stuck in Seattle for like 
seven or eight hours. Like, it was bad. It was a bad layover. And uh, we finally got on the plane. We're going to Chicago, you know, eight hours late. And uh, I'm, I'm sitting there, and the stewardess, I, I don't think you're supposed to call him that anymore, the flight attendant comes oh, yeah. up to us and goes, hey, you know, are you Dan, and are you Ashton, and are you Ben? And we're like, yeah, like, what What do we do? And, you know, oh, you're on the no-fly list, you're sir. You're always suspicious, you know, when somebody, and she said, well, no, uh, I understood that you guys got held over pretty inconveniently in Seattle for, you know, quite a few hours. Uh, and we just wanted to know, is there any way we can make that up? You know, yada, yada. And we were like, oh, you know, it's fine. It happens with air travel. And then when she's coming along, it's, you know, probably 7, 8 o'clock at night. She goes, uh, do you guys want anything to drink? You know, it's a long, probably four-hour flight from Seattle. And I was like, I'll just take a soda. And she goes, are you sure you don't want anything harder? And I was like, all right, I'll, I'll take a, a Jack. And I get one of those little <laughs> airplane bottles of Jack Daniels. And she hands me two. And she's like, and I go to hand her my credit card. She goes, no, no, you're fine. You guys, you went through a lot of grief. I was like, oh, well, you know, thank you very much. That was really nice. I really appreciate that. And then my buddy Ashton sitting next to me, he happens to be uh, a, a member of the Jesus, the Church of Jesus Christ of the Latter-day Saints. They, they don't like to be called Mormons anymore. They don't like to be called LDS. They, they go with members of the Church of Jesus Christ of the Latter-day Saints. Either way, neither here nor there. But... He's a great friend because he always gets booze for me, and, he and then I drink it. So he gets some. That's perfect. And I, I, I get like three or four of those little airplane bottles of Jack, you know, on the house. And I'm sitting there sipping on them. I, I think I mixed them with my sipping on them. Mix, I tossing them back. I think I might have mixed them with my Sprite at the time, you know, like a Jack and Sprite or something, Jack and Coke. Anyway. I, I haven't eaten much that day. I have like four of these airplane bottles of, of whiskey. And I am watching this movie with Melissa McCarthy. And I am dying. <laughs> <laughs> the whole freaking plane knows that I am enjoying my movie. And Ashton finally smacks me. He's like, shut the hell up. And I was like, hey, this is on, this is on you, man. You gave me the extra two bottles. <laughs> Guilt tripping the more uh, the LD the uh, the member of the Church of Jesus Christ of the Latter Day Saints, yeah, huh? That's it. I just call them a Mormon still, even though it's not. You can't call them Mormons anymore. Doesn't their church I... literally say Mormon on the side of the building? Nope, I don't think so. Not anymore. Okay. Don't I you think, live near I, I think... like a Mormon temple? I do. But is it called the Church of the Latter Day Saints temple? Well, I, I think it's. I I believe it's Latter Day Saints like. The Church of the Latter... I don't know. I can't keep up. But they're... Huh. they're Wait, is it offensive to call them Mormons? I don't think so. I've never once been corrected by a Mormon. You know, because... Is it like a slur? I, I don't think so. I think it's just they prefer... Huh. Because, because I think there was a negative connotation around the word Mormon. You know, just only for the last like fifty years. Exactly. So I think that like anything else, moving away from that, and that's why they went to okay. the Church of Jesus Christ of the Latter Day Saints because they, you know, there was a lot of confusion. Apparently, like, what do Mormons believe? What do they follow? And in reality, uh, being friends with quite a few Mormons at this point uh, has really broadened my religious horizons as far as you know beliefs and things like that. 
And yeah. they believe absolutely everything that a normal, you know, Christian religion believes with the addition of the Book of, uh, what is it? The Book of Mormon. That's what it is. Okay. Literally yeah. called the Book of Mormon. Anyway, My favorite Broadway show of all time. That, <laughs> I have not seen it, but I have listened to the soundtrack. I haven't either. I've listened to the soundtrack. <laughs> it is a hilarious soundtrack. Uh, maybe, to, to digress off the subject a little bit, maybe you could find where the, the play Book of Mormon is showing and we could do our first ever Broadway show. That would be amazing. Um, I would love that. I would absolutely love that. And I, I, I could dress to the nines. I'll even I don't own a suit or a tux, but I could rent one for the evening and, and have a you know a gala event. Why not? I think it should just be you and me because myself and Ashton actually when we were in Chicago, on one of our last trips went and saw Hamilton at the oh, son historic, of a... uh, okay. EIC Theater in Chicago. Um, yeah, I would love to go to a Broadway show. I don't even care if it's Book of Mormon. It could be anything. I, I just want to say I did one. They are phenomenal in reality. I've never, I haven't been to like a true Broadway show, but Hamilton in Chicago was pretty damn close. I would love to go to New York. I've never been to the East Coast. I don't know about you. I've never, I, the only time I've been to the East Coast was a layover in Georgia. One time. We've been to Florida. I've never been anywhere up the north of Florida. I, I really, really would like to take a trip to D.C., uh, my sister lived in Philadelphia for a year, and she said, I did not know this, like, out here, everything is a couple hours away, like, big city-wise, sure. right? She said you could get on a train in Philadelphia and be in D.C. in two hours. Yep. If I look at a map, I'm like, it's, that takes way longer than two hours to get there, but it's not. Everything is Everything on so, the East Coast is so squished together. So jam-packed together. You could go from, like, Philly to, like, Manhattan to, like... DC in like probably a day and just hit the three. She did. She literally did that. She yeah. went to the Macy's. She lived in Philly, went to the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade in New York City, yeah. and then took a train from there to DC to hang out and take pictures and stuff, and then back to Philly in the same day. That's nuts. I mean, it was a lot of train rides. It was like a. It was a long day, but it was still all in a twenty-four hour period. Yeah. I mean, you could. I could drive from. Boise, right now, I could drive three hours east, and you know where I would be? I would be three hours from Boise. That's it. Yeah. That's it. That's yeah. it's could, true. I mean, you could be in Idaho Falls. Like, oh, yeah, so everybody wants to go to Idaho <laughs> Falls. Dude, dude, funny story about Idaho Falls. I was coaching gymnastics at the time, yeah. and it's not actually Idaho Falls. It would have been Pocatello, but okay, same, sure. same thing, right? So it's all the same yeah. shit. Okay. So, up here in Coeur d'Alene, we're like 10 hours from Pocatello. Yeah. And uh, I was going to have to either fly to Boise and drive to Pocatello, or I was going to have to drive all the way to Pocatello from here. And I was dreading it. It was like weeks leading up. It was the state uh, gymnastics like championship or whatever. Okay. Two days... Two days before we were supposed to leave, COVID hit. They canceled the state tournament. They canceled regionals and everything. But I was like, silver linings? I didn't want to go to Pocatello anyway. So, I was like, I mean, if one good thing came from this COVID situation, it's the fact that I didn't have to drive 10 hours through the entire state of Idaho. 
Yeah, the only reason that I go east of Idaho, or east of Boise, into the uncharted territory of eastern Idaho is because, A, I'm going to Jackpot, Nevada, yep. which is literally, it's my favorite town in Nevada. Because, honestly, it is less than a mile across the Nevada-Idaho border, and there's just this little town where everybody from Idaho goes to gamble. Because, That's awesome. Because you can't, you know, you can you can gamble on on uh, Native American reservations in Idaho, but it's still only, uh, you know, electronic. None of it's like active yeah. table games. As yeah. you're well aware uh, from the Nez Perce Casino there uh, yeah. outside of Lewiston. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it's actually like in the, in the hole that Lewiston is located in. Yeah. Uh, the valley there. Yeah, I had... That's the probably the first and last time I'll ever go to that casino. That's so. uh, I mean, there's some good memories in that casino, though. Just yeah, nice. that's true. Just that's nice. true. That was, a, that was a good time. Uh, no, we need to... You know what we ought to do? We ought, And this is not fun for the listener anymore, but we need to meet up in Lewiston at, at the, the in-laws place. And just yeah. be like, hey, Marty, we're taking over. Don't worry about it. Like we're old, crashing Su Casa. We're crashing your casa. We're taking over the basement. Like, have fun. And they'd probably be okay. Yeah. Because that's they'd what probably be okay. For you guys, five hours for us. I don't care. Five hour drive through Central we, Idaho. We need to stay at that casino, that like running horse casino. Uh, there's the Wild or, Horse. Or wild Horse. That's what you know, it is. Wild, wild horse. horse in Pendleton. That's actually halfway for both of us. It's uh, about a three-hour drive from here, about three and a half from here to Pendleton. Uh, I would love to personally take the Goldwing out. Uh, Lauren and I could take a day trip. You got a Goldwing, like motorcycle? Yeah. You didn't know that. What happened to the BMW? I still have it. I have both. You have two? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Get out of here, yeah. dude. Why do you need two motorcycles? Because one is comfortable for the girlfriend, and one is fun for me. Oh, my God. <laughs> what in the... F- what? Yeah, I bought a Goldwing last... Uh, around last, probably, September. Uh, it's a wow, I'm glad we stay in contact and talk to each other every week about stuff it, like that. Well, it never came up. <laughs> <laughs> we talk every single... Probably... We talk at least a couple times a week. Honestly, I talk to you probably more than I talk to any of my other friends at all. Other than that live in I Boise, actually work with. Yeah, no, I talk to you more than I talk to some of my friends that literally live in Boise. <laughs> You're welcome. Yeah, because I'm a nuisance and make you do this podcast. No, I love this podcast. This is my favorite. I, I hold you hostage and and say I'll blackmail you with uh, with with stories. I think I think you have plenty of blackmail on me. If I'm being completely honest. If, if you uh, I don't remember anything. My my long term memory is shot, and my short term memory is shot. So, it's a good thing these podcasts record because I wouldn't remember what we talked about tomorrow. That's fair. That's fair. I usually don't. You know, you <laughs> oftentimes you'll see me. <laughs> <laughs> you'll oftentimes you'll see me like scratching stuff down on a notepad i literally write down our talking points <laughs> as we're going so i can so i can put in uh the description <laughs> what we what talked, talked about. about i love that that's amazing yeah. that's yeah amazing. so if you ever see me dip off screen 
and then come back. That's what I'm doing. Usually for me, I'm either grabbing a drink or petting Macklin. Uh, okay. So. I've locked myself in my dungeon, so the dog won't come in, the wife won't come in, drinks don't come and go. <laughs> I'm pretty much just locked in solitary confinement during solitary this. Solitary there, with your with yeah. your medals and your uh, your your bulletin board of pictures and the Gator license plate. That's it. Yeah. Yep. And I got a reader board full of inspirational quotes. I don't know if you can see it. No. All I see is white. And then, yeah, there's no inspirational quotes. There's a ri- oh. <laughs> <laughs> that was funny. I thought I just because of the light. <laughs> no, there's uh, no inspirational That's quotes. Fair. It's blank. That's fair. But it's there in case I want to write down something inspirational and turn, just to be inspired. Sure. But uh, it's just been empty since I've had it. So, <laughs> I uh, I have my calendar up. Uh, just to the left of me here on the wall, one of those dry erase boards. And right now, uh, it starts on Monday, April 12th, and it ends on uh, Sunday, April or Sunday, May 16th. Uh, and I have not updated it since then. But, but to your credit, there's a, a little, you know, note on Wednesday that says podcast 8 p.m. And there's a line drawn all the way down because every single week I have I have a podcast. So you've blacked out your blacked your schedule out for this very for moment. Wednesday nights for this very moment. You're welcome. Okay. All right. So, all right. If if push comes to shove, you know, uh, you can black out the rest of the year. You know what I'm saying? Uh, just make this a plan. It's done. It's already done. It's blacked out for the full... I mean, I only go through May 16th right now, which was, what, two and a half weeks ago? Yeah. Uh, but, okay. But it's still there, so it's, it's still there. I like it. I like it. So, I may or may not have just received a message from my point of contact. Uh-oh. What do we have? What's going on? Um, we're discussing some stuff next week. Next on Thursday. That's exciting. My interview is so, next Tuesday, so hopefully. Okay. So Wednesday, our podcast day is squeezed right in between those. Right. So we're gonna have two. Per- perhaps an outcome from your scenario, and a lead up of anticipation into my scenario. Anticipatory. Our excitement. scenario. Our. It is our. It's. It. Yeah. Our. Yeah. Hey, uh, by the way, let's what? check the score of the uh, of the game, huh? Kendall's been yelling belligerently for the last 15 minutes. It's either really good or really bad. It's not great, I'll be honest. They're down 2-1. They're in the second okay. period with 14 minutes left. I'm I'm okay. Back to our sports conversation a little bit here. I'm not I don't know how this can be substantiated in any in any way, but did you know, and you can look this up, the 2-0 lead in the NHL is, in fact, statistically speaking, the worst lead to hold in a hockey game. For some reason, it's more likely the other team makes a comeback when you're up 2-0 than any other score. In, in ice hockey, statistics show that if a team builds a two-goal advantage, they go on to win the game in the majority of instances, and that a one-goal lead is far more dangerous 
As a result, the cliché is often used in poll knowledge that 2-0 is not, in fact, the worst possible lead. I think it's the worst possible lead because I can't tell you how many times in... I would say we've been fans since Vegas got their hockey team. Uh, what, four years ago? I think 2017. That sounds and right. Literally every big moment that they've had a 2-0 lead, something has happened. Something bad. So let's see. For the purpose of this analysis, a lead is considered the maximum goal margin before the game reverts to a tie. For instance, for instance, if a team starts a game with a 3-0 lead but wins the game 4-2, the lead is considered a three-goal lead because that was the maximum lead margin. A lead is considered surrendered whenever a game reverts to a tie. For instance, if one team jumps out to a 3-0 lead but becomes a 5-5 tie, that lead has been surrendered. All leads include regulation only as it is impossible to surrender an overtime lead. So... Uh, let's see. As you might expect, the most dangerous lead in hockey is the one-goal lead. 85% of those were surrendered. Really? 85% of one-goal leads are surrendered. That's interesting. Uh, as for the rest of the... So, everything that I just said is being factually disproven right we're, we're now. But... Right now. We're checking. As for the rest of the NHL, a two-goal lead was given up 39.52% of the time, according to the results, while a one-goal lead is always perilous, seeing a two-goal lead given up uh, nearly four out of every ten times is incredible. Uh, I think that's that, pretty high. That's 40% almost. 40% uh, yeah. of the time it's given up. Uh, leads of four goals or more were lost only a mere... 0.91% of the time. Good uh, God. Approximately one out of every hundred. Uh, Jeez. One of those two times, Montreal recovered after blowing a 4-0 lead against Calgary in January to beat the Flames 5-4 in overtime, and the Penguins survived blowing a 4-0 lead to Detroit back in March to beat the Red Wings in a 5-4 uh, in a shootout. Uh it's been so, wild. So it's, it's been wild to learn a new game. Two, two out of five, two out of five times, you're gonna blow a two-zero lead or a four-two. That's whatever. that's pretty high. That's, that's if pretty you high. think you're up two goals, you would think like in football, if you're up two touchdowns, that's a substantial amount. You're like, okay, there's yeah. a lot that has to happen for us to lose this. Yeah, we really in hockey, it can up. happen in a blink of an eye. That's true. You can have a power play. Somebody goes in the penalty box. You go up five four, whatever it is, and just one goal, two goals, right there. So in game one of the Vegas series, right near the end of the game, there was a player that basically illegally hit another player. Uh. He got a 10-minute penalty, mm. a game misconduct penalty. So Vegas had to skate four on five for 10 minutes. That is a substantial penalty. That's half of that's half a period. Yeah. Name another sport that has a, a penalty that equates to that. It, like uh, football is soccer. slap on the wrist. Oh, holding. Soccer is the only one. It's uh, a red card. Red cards, yeah. Uh, and, you can, and if you get a red card in the second half of a soccer game, you can't play the first half of the next the soccer next game. game. Yeah, I, I suppose That's football. Brutal. I mean, the, as far as I'm concerned, and I'm actually curious to get your opinion on this as my sports. Guy, okay. In yeah. college football, what is the penalty for pass interference? Uh, college, it's 15 yards. Correct. What is the penalty in NFL? Spot of the foul, is which is annoying. 
I have always thought that should be reversed. I have always thought that in college, it should be spot of the foul. And in NFL, it should just be, you know, ah, eh, you get 15 yards. Like, you throw a deep bomb for 40, 50 yards and you get pass interference, you shouldn't get 40 yards out of it. This is the NFL. We're talking about, you know, professional athletes here getting paid millions of dollars. There should not be a 40-yard penalty. Right. That's ridiculous. I agree. But, but I uh, think they've just had it set up so that college is not as harsh with their correct, penalties. Correct. That's that's what somebody explained to me one time. Was they said they look, wanted to be like a lesson learned yep. and not like a game changing moment in exactly. college. Where in the NFL, it's like you've been on this road for years, man. You cannot do that. But I mean, sometimes you see these pass interference calls, and they're questionable. Passing okay, pass interference goes hand in hand with calling balls and strikes in baseball. A live person calling balls and strikes in baseball. Yeah. They are getting destroyed this year because the TV cameras have the strike zone. Sure. And if it's a centimeter out of the strike zone and it shows up on the TV sure. camera, people are like, what? How'd that guy miss that call? But in reality, the pitch is coming 95 miles an hour with movement. Yeah. With movement in a 60-foot line. And, and they still so they've got the call most of the time. I think the lowest strike to ball, uh, like missed call rating for the year is 85%. That means eight and a half times they're freaking right so, out of 10. 17 out of 20 times they get it right. Which yeah, is so amazing. I'm, so all these people that are like, oh, we need electronic umpires or we need to get rid of referees in the NFL and just have it be all computerized. Yeah. Dude, that doesn't make any sense. No. No, I, it doesn't I think, make any sense. I think it's amazing. So I I, I heard one time that uh, you know the average person has vision of twenty twenty, right? Yeah. Generally, or, not myself, but yeah, the average that, person. Well, that's that's not necessarily the average person, but the average vision is twenty twenty, where right. some people you know are a little worse, some people are a lot worse, and and what that really means. And I, I, I read this one time, is that you see at 20 feet exactly what everybody else sees at 20 feet. Whereas if you have 15 vision, that means you can still see it 20 feet away what most people have to see 15 feet away. So they have to be closer, you can see it all the way. Do you know what right. the average vision is of somebody in, you know, in the big leagues, major league baseball? Uh, no, I don't. Average. This is average vision. Is 2012, meaning they can see at 20 feet away what it takes most people being only 12 feet away to see. And these are a bunch of between 18 and 40 year olds, and their average yeah. vision is 2012. That means there's some with better, like 2010 or even less. Like, I can't even imagine. At my best, at my absolute best when I was a kid, my best was about 2015. So, What's wild? Are you talking umpires or just players? No, no, no. Players. What's wild is players, when they get to the major league level, they can oftentimes tell what the type of pitch is coming out of the pitcher's hand. 
It's it's. A- I can see it on TV now because I've watched baseball my whole life. But to the naked eye, people would not be able to tell. Oh, that's a slider. Oh, that's a curveball. Oh, that's a fastball. Yeah. Oh, that's a whatever. And they can see it from the moment it's leaving their hands in a 60-foot span coming into home plate. So they can decide, okay, I'm going to swing, or I'm not going to swing, or I'm going to bunt, or I'm going to whatever. You've got a ball coming at you at around between 80 and 100 miles an hour. In a 60-foot span, you get probably less than a quarter second to even decide anything. And they... That is the amazing part, is that I remember one time when we were up, I was up in Coeur d'Alene, we were over at the bowling alley there in Post Falls that has the batting yeah. cages, Yeah. and we were out just fucking around in the batting cages. Yeah, where I like tore my neck. I, I think I remember that, yeah. And uh, was debilitated. We, we turned it up to the highest speed that the pitching machine would go, which at the time was 60 miles an hour. Yeah. And I was only able to get a single hit off of the 60 miles an hour, like 20 pitches, because I was able to time it. I was able to just, it was purely based on timing and knowing approximately where the pitch is going to hit. That was all it was because I could hear the machine, I could hear the different clanks and rattles it made. And then finally, I I knew approximately when it made this rattle, you know, was when you really wanted to start swinging. Yeah, and, and that was I, I. got one hit, one hit that was not even a good hit. I just barely made contact, but I still got a hit at sixty miles an hour. And I was like, I cannot imagine being in the major leagues trying to swing at a hundred mile an hour fastball coming down the pipe. That would, I mean, that's just baffling that they can get a hit nonetheless actually get a home run. Well, a lot of the pitchers, too, now do weird stuff to throw off batters' timing. So they'll, like, do a little hiccup in their in their wind-up, or they'll do, like, like they'll turn their body, and then... So it, it throws off timing and stuff. So even then, if you can get a hit off that, it's like, jeez. Yeah. They have said for my whole life that hitting a baseball with a bat is the hardest thing to do in sports, and I, I tend to agree. I, I think that's probably that. the hardest skill to learn. I absolutely believe that. Yeah, because that's—I mean—that's amazing. You're I, just honestly, honestly throwing a pitch into a strike zone that's a foot wide by what a foot and a half tall. At, yeah, at a hundred miles an hour, throwing a pitch into that strike zone over sixty feet. I mean, I don't know. You—you you actually played baseball. Were you ever a pitcher? Yeah. Never pitched. Yeah. No. I was a catcher and a third baseman. Okay. Yeah, so I I had a big arm. I had a big arm. I just couldn't throw strikes. So you play third base because you have a big arm, or catcher because you have a big arm, but yeah, never could pitch. So I don't. I don't even know. And I couldn't hit for shit. That's why I quit (laughs) baseball. (laughs) Couldn't couldn't hit. I honestly think, though, sports aside, I think you would like baseball simply because it's so analytics based oh, now there's baseball. so many there's so many stats that could keep it could pique your interest even if you're not a, a baseball fan from the day you've been alive or anything you know if if it was just like picking up a sport like i tried to pick up hockey four four or five years ago or whatever when vegas got their team and 
I've had to learn a new sport over the course of the last like four years, but you just get so it almost becomes like that's I don't know. It's like something that you find interest in because you're like, oh, I have to learn what what offside is. I have to learn, you know, what uh, what the major penalty is. What all this stuff, you know. So baseball's far more analytic driven than any other sport. No, I absolutely I love watching baseball. I prefer watching live baseball. I can't yeah. get into it as much on TV just because it's pretty, you know, and I know people talk about, oh, baseball is not as slow as, you know, football when you actually get into it. I, I make that argument all the time. <laughs> yeah, and, and I agree because there is, you know, in baseball, there's excitement consistently. It's like, oh, pitch swing, pitch swing, pitch swing, you know, oh, pitch yeah. hit, you know, run, you know, whatever. Whereas in football, yeah. you get what, maybe at best five, ten seconds of play, and then you get at least a couple minutes of, you know, break. Nothing, yeah. Five, ten seconds of play. I mean, overall, a football game, you get in total, I think, less than, what, 15, 20 minutes of actual, like, excited play time over a football game that's four hours. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's, it's I a, know. It's abysmal when you look at the ratio. That's why the Savannah Bananas are changing the game, man. They're the changing Savannah, the sport. The Savannah Bananas. That is that is a true uh, disruptor to the baseball industry. It's literally bananas what they're doing with the it, game. It is, and I, I would you and I just need to take a road trip and drive to Savannah, Georgia, and watch a, a series of bananas games. I would love to. I would love to go down there and be part of that. You come on down, and we will, I swear to God, I, I'm not joking. I will take a week off work. You and I will take a road <laughs> trip, and we will drive to Savannah, Georgia from Boise, Idaho. We can we can ride on the Goldwing if you really want, or we can take the car. Oh, man, I don't know if I can ride bitch on a Goldwing, dude, <laughs> all the way across the country. We can take the BMW if you really want to. Um, again, I don't know if I can ride on the back of a motorcycle all the way across the country. Oh, wait, we'll have wait, to take wait. the Tesla. Tell Chuck we're borrowing the Tesla. We could, we could borrow the Tesla. Hey, I, I have an actual testimonial from my friend that she literally just texted me this second as I've been sitting here. And she, <laughs> oh, here, for Drift.co? For Drift.co. Here, here's the Tesla. The Drift Goods. And I, I have not read this before. To be fair, I'm reading this live on air. Uh, oh, yeah. I've been wanting to get an air freshener for my car, but wasn't sure what to get. Dan told me about Drift, and I decided to give it a try. It is amazing. Amazing is in all caps with an exclamation point. Every Hell time yeah. I open my car, a wave of citrusy goodness hits me. It honestly makes me a little more happy each time I get in my car. There, I love it. That's drift.co. Use our code BST15 at checkout. BST15 We're at gonna checkout. We're going to have to change our codes up now, man. You're, that's true. We're going to have to be like Son uh, of a DJAD or something for Dr. Jake and Aloha Dan. Yeah, something. I don't know. Uh, what's wrong with us? Good God. What is wrong? There's a lot wrong with us. That's There's a lot sure. wrong with us. There's a lot no. wrong with us. Hey, I think we're, uh, we're probably at a pretty natural stopping point here. I think I think we've uh, <laughs> we've exhausted a little bit of our, uh, our our discussion topics for the day. Hopefully, you have some notes. 
Uh, I haven't taken any notes this time. What? How are you oh, going to know what to put on the on the box? Oh, great. Um, that means I'm going to have to listen back through this thing entirely and make R. notes at a later time. R. That's on you. That's you. That's on you, Mike. Well, I guess I should start with that process here. So, with that said, I believe we'll sign off for this episode. This has been episode eight of the Bullshitters. There it is. On the screen with me is Aloha Dan. I'm Jake. Until next time, adios. I think we're clear. I don't know. Whoa, you just glitched big time. I know. You actually just started glitching big time, too.